You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 17, Graphic Fantasy 1 and 2. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the Fincast that is the living embodiment of the anger and frustration of housewives overworked by inconsiderate husbands and ungrateful children. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And the Savage Fincast Retro, we take a look back at the past issues of Savage Dragon, past story arcs, spinoffs, and uh, man... We do a not quite as deep dive as we normally do, but brother, it don't get more retro than this. Graphic Fantasy number one and two. These were uh, solicited back, I think, in December or January. Or, I can't remember, did they come out in January? I don't know. Uh, but it was That's a surprise to see these, because Image, I don't believe, has done facsimile editions such as these before. Not that I know of. Uh, so it is fascinating to see them. Well, I don't know if it's Image or if it's just Eric doing it, uh, but it is an interesting uh, choice because the Image has done like famous first issues that sort of thing right. before. Correct. Uh, yeah. But this sort of like reproduction of everything in the original issues is uh, is new. Yeah. Also worth noting that like when we say reproduction. Of course, the odds of our listeners not having the issues is slim, but it needs mentioned that these are reproduced down to the paper type. So, like, I heard that. So, how true is that? Because uh, I have the digital copy, of course. I do not have the print copy. So, is it is it is it rough paper stock, like you would imagine, like these old like indie comics would have? It's matte. Yeah, it's a matte finish. Wait, it's matte. It's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's not matte. slick. Well, in my mind, matte is a form of slickness. Uh, I'm talking like newsprint. This is not newsprint rough, but man, it's a step above that. Like right, it's but, close. But would an indie comic from '82 have that kind of paper? I feel like it. I mean, Craig, wouldn't you say it feels close to like just 20 pound copy paper? Yeah, I mean, there's no difference between the cover and the interior pages. So, are, so does it actually feel thicker than typical comic paper? It's thicker than newsprint, but it it's, feels like copy paper almost. Yeah, it feels like copy paper. That's it, the best it, way to. Do. But it is different from a typical image comic of the day, of currently. Oh, big time! Oh dude. yeah, absolutely. And where that is most striking, it's hilarious because I never realized how true blacks don't really have the like darkness uh, that a matte finish can have. Like, every image comic is printed on slick paper, and I love that. I'm not saying that I don't. 
but mo graphics modern slick paper kind of sucks like across the board in my opinion does it it all kind of feels kind of cheap and like really prone to like uh humidity wrinkling hmm. in my experience yeah some of those you get like the covers too are just kind of like all wrinkly it's like hmm. uh, it's not like back in like uh oh when the 90s at, like even in the 90s the paper stock just felt heavier I guess it was gloss and glossier, but I'm sure it mm -hmm. also cost a heck of a lot more. Uh. Well, I all I know is that like a graphic fantasy number two, the way that the blacks are like just so dark and rich, man, it's striking. It's actually kind of striking. I like it. Is that because uh, the paper isn't glossy, so there's no shine on it? So it correct, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can smell the print too. It's like yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it to me, it's like. <laughs> probably what happened in 82 is they just went to some copy center and you know had a handful made or whatever i don't know how many i forget did he he was talking about the process at one point because he said some of the initial batches of gra graphic fantasy like the ink didn't dry on them mm -hmm. of the originals not not these reprints do you remember or recall anything? Well, he like did that? that in an interview with us. Yeah, he said that they tried to do it on a little like not really meant for that printing press, and he right. said that like the ink was just gummy and sticking and like just wasn't really clean prints or anything. For text, and when you do the thick, uh, yeah, like he films. was rushing. Go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say it's probably it was probably intended for print, and so when you're doing the thick color fills that art requires, it's probably just takes too long to dry. Right, and I think they were trying to go to a convention or something, and they just they didn't dry fast enough for what they needed it for. Well, you're you're gonna laugh. I give this is the tiniest bit of experience with this, but when I first very you know got my hands physically on it, because you know the build up to this, he's like, oh, it's gonna be on the same stock, and then he got the he got the primo cop the like uh, whatever not primo copies the. Uh, the early copies, the early editions. And he was like, oh my God, it's incredible. It's just like the ones I used to have. And he's like, it, you know, it feels no different. It's crazy. And so I was like, man, I can't wait to fill this paper. Well, here's what's so funny. Little baby's first printing experience of my own. Um, my very first print job was done at a printing press. And, uh, you know, I didn't know shit about the paper. And so I told the guy, I just said, eh, you know, just uh, whatever. I said, just, you got to keep it under this budget. I wasn't like worried about paper. I was just worried about like cost. And it feels just like this. <laughs> like it feels like my first printed comic feels just like this graphic fantasy. So this just must be like the cheapest stock that they had. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, is it standard it, comic sized? Yeah. It, yeah, I isn't think, it? Is it a little bigger? I don't know. It feels. Hold on, let me grab a. I got a comic here. Let me let me compare real quick. Yeah, it's standard. Huh. Yeah, it's. It standard. might be a smidge smaller. You know, the thickness is throwing but, it off, but uh, yeah, it's about the same. It's cool, dude. And uh, again, apparently, it's very convincing because uh, Eric said that it's convincing enough that. If he walks around and sees it, a funny anecdote is he said he'll be walking around and be like, oh, shit, that shouldn't be out. And then he realizes it's just the, like, facsimile. At least he had the, at least he had the, uh, uh, uh oh, what's the word? The, the, um, wherewithal. Foresight? The, 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 not the foresight, the wherewithal uh, to put the Image Comics logo on the cover. 
Right. So it is different enough that (laughs) no one's going to try and pass it off. Because I'll be honest, I actually had a copy of a Marvel Festimile edition come through my comic shop that I work at. Well, Mm -hmm. retro game store that deals in comics. And on the surface, just glancing at it, there's nothing that indicates that this is not a 1960s comic book. Uh, except for the fact the paper stock is completely different. That's that's kind of what, what ca- caught my attention about it. Uh, that was the only way for me to tell, because even the copyright information doesn't tell you when it was printed, only when it was published. The funny thing about these is that, of course, he ra- he keeps the original, like, um, you mentioned, like, the copyright info. He keeps the original Ajax copyright info in there. Yep. But then the uh, image uh, copyright info is, you know also in there so you get the 1982 uh so there and yan yan ya and then you look on the other page and there's the uh you know it's talking about like 2021 february and all that stuff i'm like oh man it's cool so like again you know it's, it's not gonna really fool anybody i don't think right. but because in order to do that you'd have to replace the front cover and the front page. <laughs> well, it does say nine ninety nine too on it. Yeah. So. yeah. What was the price on the original? Do you know? Probably not nine ninety nine. I don't know off not, the top of my head. Not worth bringing up. Fuck it. We won't slow the show about that. But uh, yeah, man, it's cool. These are, these are so cool. I'm really glad that he did it. I think it's amazing. This is the kind of thing that like I feel like graphic fantasy obviously are holy grails for Savage Dragon fans. I. I you guys kind of hope he does the same thing with the Megaton issues? I would love that. I, I would love that. It's It's been done a few times, though, but actually so is Graphic Fantasy, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this stuff was all reprinted in uh, Savage Dragon Archives. At least the dragon portions were. And then uh, Wizard had that special issue oh, that reprinted they? it. And, of course, it's yeah. appeared as backups in color uh, as recently as uh, just last year. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Like, I could almost tell you, like, beat for beat, this graphic fantasy too. Yeah. Like, we've reviewed this many times. Yeah, we've talked about it before because it was a backup <laughs> very recently. In fact, we probably won't put a lot of time into it because we have talked about it so recently. Right. We'll probably talk a lot yeah. more about graphic fantasy one versus two. Uh, we also talked about the fact that that story was repurposed as an actual issue of Savage Dragon. Although I can't right. tell you the number off the top of my head. So. I'll tell you, Graphic Fantasy was reprinted in 225, number one was. And then the one that Eric redrew was in issue 63, um, which he took the story and just modernized the the drawings. And basically, it's almost panel for panel. I think the big change was the ending. Yeah, and then Graphic Fantasy 2 was reprinted recently in 250. And uh, when Eric redrew it and repurposed it for this new series, for the current series, it was Savage Dragon 65. Nice. And then Pr- Prism was reprinted in Savage Dragon 135, right, with the, which with is the, world the issue tour. with Prism. Yeah, with Prism. Yep. Yep. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. Then, I was... Sorry, one, one more thing. Oh. He did print the archives, the Savage Dragon archives in 1998, which was a four-issue series that had graphic fantasy printed in there and the Megaton issues. So I was just going to ask um, – so as I'm reading Prism, I was just kind of I was struggling to remember that I knew that Prism showed up in modern day, yes. but it it was the Savage World, right? It was Savage World. It was part of the Image World Tour arc when Dragon okay. was looking for Jennifer. He went to Seattle. Yeah, he was on the cover too, right? He was. I think it was two two issues, in fact. Okay, two issues. Yep. 
And you said that that was kind of a retelling of this? No, no, no. It's basically a no. sequel to it. Well, it was sequel, like, cool. Like a prism, like, conclusion, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't well, read it in a while. But it felt like they were tying up prism loose ends. I don't think it was related. I think it was just kind of how Paul Dragon is to Dragon. Right. Like it's, it was prism, but I don't know that. It was supposed to be the same, the same the continuation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like a modern prison. Oh, that's cool. But man. it had the the centurions or whatever they're called in this. And Ironhawk hasn't shown up at all, right? No, Ironhawk mm-hmm. is. Uh, he was he was showed up for a panel in the wedding issue with cool. uh, Barbaric, right? Him I and, uh, I don't know. Both showed up in, in with like the ma- you know, remember that issue was all like indie comic characters in the wedding. Yeah, Fem Force and <laughs> Madman and stuff. The, the yeah. stupid, stupid rat creatures of all characters. It's yeah. kind of nuts. That's Arm, the deepest Pitt. cut. Pitt's brother, Arm. <laughs> or Pitt, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God, dude, yeah. Um, I loved these, dude. Uh, reading this, getting to see this old stuff. Again, talking about... It's hard for me as a comic artist... Not to, like, you know, just geek out a bit about this shit, but Eric mentions he's fucking 19 when he's doing this. Yeah. yeah. God this, damn. This came out in 1982, 40, almost 40 years ago, which, when you think about it, is insane. And let me just say that, yeah, it's funny you should say that. Like, uh, I just, you know, turned 40 very recently. And, like, I was, like, in 1981 is when he de- he does his December of 1981. I was born in March of that year. And, like... I, I'm I'm reading this and I'm like doing my little comparisons in my head. I'm like, so when I was 19, I was like, I was publishing web comics for two years at that point. I was like, but I was just comparing my shit to like this shit, dude. The level of sophistication for fucking a 19 year old in this like graphic fantasy story is fucking nuts. <laughs> You think too. This is pre-internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pre-internet, dude. It matters. So you can't just look shit up and right. download shit. And... They had libraries, books. Yeah, yeah but, but it's so much more difficult. Completely different, though, Jim. I'm telling, like, dude, pre-internet. I had a scrapbook of like reference, just yeah, taped in. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of artists did, right? Yeah, had to. Yeah, it was. I remember people bragging about, like, not bragging, but like they were talking about, like, legendary resources. Like, artists wouldn't share their, like, reference book <laughs> because, like, it kind of had, like, fed into their secret sauce. Like, things they did all the time came from their references that only they well, had. I mean, you can spot a bunch of Kirby drawings that are taken from, like, Playboy and stuff, like, right. you know, or pictures of women, like, like, Big Barter and stuff like that. It's definitely known, like, images cool. that referenced so that's what i'm saying is like when you're looking at this you think like 1981 dude like you're far from internet being like a commonplace thing it's at this point that's like fucking darpa net like it's a secret thing only the fucking military uses so like yeah man (laughs) a 19 year old just fucking publishing like these like comics and I don't know, dude. Like the anatomy's pretty damn good, and the storytelling's like way more well, sophisticated. Well, think about it. this is eighty two, so I want to say within like seven years, he's drawing like Spider Man. Right. You know what I mean, like, <laughs> isn't that wild, dude? It's weird as shit. You know, what's, you know what's really wild to me? I just had to look it up and check. This pre predates Ninja Turtles. Yeah, eighty one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
So, and, and it's Eric come around to like eighty four and revolutionize the uh, small press like uh, 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 environment. So and like and that's yeah, the thing. Black like, and white comics ruled for like this period of like the eighties and then just crashed. Yeah. Well, like Eric made the joke about like dragon doesn't have Ninja Turtles feet. He's like turtles have dragon feet. Right. <laughs> and he's like, bro, he's got him, dude. He got it published like three years before. It's funny. It's, yeah, it's wild. But it is wild when you look at how much his art has progressed from like this to like, like I said, like this is the beginning of the decade. At the end of the decade, he's like the premier Spider-Man artist after McFarlane, you know? And <laughs> right. Yet, and yet you can totally see Eric in it. He's yeah. got the same, yeah. ultimately Absolutely. got the same DNA. Um, yeah, dude. And I mean, for the most part, all the poses and the action are good enough for him to just basically swipe it all for an issue of Savage Dragon <laughs> later on, you know? I mean, he changes some stuff, but just even the storytelling is good enough that he could reuse it and people don't really, you can still, you know, read it in the 19 whatever when the, when, when the Savage Dragon came out. What was that? When 64 you know came out? also even crazy to me? You know how everyone kind of like, well, not everyone, but like Eric has certain like, uh, um, um, so, darn it, Waltz. He has like certain influences from like Walt Simonson. Sure. Yeah. Like, Frank Walt, Miller. Walt Simonson. Walt Simonson's Thor run didn't start until a year after this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it. I think he takes bits and pieces. Um, but you know, I see Miller and, and John Byrne and stuff like that, and some of this early stuff. So, it, so Miller's Daredevil did predate this. And Kirby. But Kirby, obviously, Kirby's like, yeah, obviously Kirby. But you think about some of the influence influences that Eric like attributes to his art, and like you see in his art. The timing on this yeah. is just very interesting to me because he was definitely doing his own thing when all these other guys were also just kind of just, you know, not just starting out, right. but just starting to become right. like household comic names. Sure, sure, yeah. You got, mean, he's, uh, he's also a huge comics fan, so he's right. still eating up all Marvel comics at this time. You know what right. I mean? Like, I read his tweets. You, you ever see he's got, you know, there's this one. Uh, Twitter account that posts the comics that came out for the week, you know, whatever it was, forty years ago, fifty years that ago. Loved his Eric. micronauts. <laughs> yeah, he always responds. Picked them all up. Got those. Bought that. Bought this. It's Didn't also, buy any. Which is also kind of nuts because Eric doesn't have any like interest in toys, but yet he read micronauts. It's crazy, right? Rom, Isn't that weird? And Rom Space Night, and it's because he's following them for the artists. Right. Well, think about it too, though. Like when that came out, he was already well. He's twenty, you know, twenties yeah. probably, and so he's not collecting the toys. Whereas most of the people that are collecting those toys were kids back then. You didn't have as big of an adult. And oh like, my god! And like he, ne- he never read any of like the Star Wars or the Battlestar Galactica or the you know TV tie-in stuff. Unless it was bro, Kirby. he probably got like two thousand one because it was Kirby. Do you know what makes oh, yeah. that's a masterpiece? Do you know what makes all the sense in the world now? What? I I feel like I just put two and two together just now. You know how Eric doesn't really give a shit about like, you know, oh, merchandise and cartoon and movie and all that stuff. It's because all of that really sort of happened in like the 80s. That was an 80s push. Yeah, he was an adult by then. He was an adult by then. So for him... He was older when when the toy commercial cartoons and the video right. game consoles all became 
I mean, he was around for Atari, but clearly he doesn't never got any real affinity for that. Right. I'm just saying so much shit about that makes so much about that like makes a lot of sense because again, you meet you meet young dudes now and like to them like you'll talk to them and like that's their thing like they don't feel like they've made it unless they get like toys and cartoons and movies and he, he grew up in the 70s when comics were fucking wild. Right. Comics were the knees knees in the 70s. It blows my mind, dude. I mean, yeah. you think about like in, in the 90s com- comic properties were so much more than just comics you know because the cartoons and, and the toys you know were also a major part of it right it wasn't just to drive toy sales like it was a prod it was a storytelling like here's this thing you're gonna read a story and that was what it was for yeah it's wild dude and i'm glad you brought up turtles because again it's like if you have in your mind the sophistication that turtles one had you know where they kill shredder and then you look at this one, it's like, damn, dude, like Eastman and Laird were like, I mean, I know like wasn't like Eastman was like uh, young, but like Peter Laird was pretty old. Oh, yeah, he, he was he was he was based on what I you know read. He's quite a bit older than he's uh, than uh, than Eastman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because it's like, dude, here's this like 19 year old kid who's like using screen tones and writing about like a married man dealing with trauma and shit. And it's like, well, lest we forget, this is to Eric. This is just another issue of Dragon because he's been drawing them for a decade. Uh, this is like issue sixty-one. Point. Uh, so for him, not decades because he's, yeah, he's only nineteen. But, right. but, <laughs> but for him, this is he's like issue one hundred and twenty-five. Right. So for like, so for like, for him, this is like a culmination. But for us as readers, who this is the first time we're ever seeing Dragon, we're seeing a character introduced and his greatest enemy being defeated. Right. Same issue. <laughs> well, again, Shredder. Yeah. Shades. It's pretty exactly. wild, isn't it? <laughs> you brought up Shredder. It's actually very similar when you think about it, where your biggest foe is introduced in your first issue and then killed at the end. Right. right. Like think like and again, I, I like Bronze Man was like, like a mystery, and then I read this graphic fantasy, and I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like he's like a kind of like an overlord, but he's like an inventor an type because he, he's definitely got the old man plus mob boss plus. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's definitely Overlord. Definitely has his DNA in this character. Yeah, it's 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 just wild though that this is the first issue of Savage Dragon, right? Mm-hmm. He's already got Savage Dragon retired right. from, from his superhero duties. He's got a dead wife and a kid. <laughs> right. It's just like, really, this is how we're starting this, <laughs> right? That's your origin. But again, it, if I want you like it's funny to think about it because it's like, dude, this is immediately appealing. Like I was reading this and I yeah. was thinking, God damn, if I read this, I would have been just as hooked as I was with yeah. like Modern Savage Dragon. And I got to compare this. Uh, I won't name names because we won't waste time with that. But like I've been reading a lot of number ones recently. Yeah, there's been a lot of number ones recently. It's been kind and of I've been, interesting time. I've been there's a lot of like number ones that are really awesome, but also too. I think there's a lot of number ones I've read that are duds. Ooh, I'm afraid so. Yeah. I agree. Lately, yeah. the same number ones that I've been reading, the number ones have, not, have lacked a certain punch that you kind of need in order to keep reading. Absolutely, yeah. dude. Certain high-profile ones recently, I think, came out the gate a little bit damp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just think with this, he hits the ground running, and so it's like, we don't have to waste time with this like slow burn buildup or anything. It's right. all right, here's the facts, you know. Here's, here's Dragon. This guy lives in a dangerous world. Yeah, here's Dragon <laughs> busting through a wall. Uh, <laughs> this is how it begins. 
Right. He's going to just get the fucking shit beat out of him with a dude with a mace. <laughs> you know, fucking a car, a bus just pulls up next to him and damn near kills his daughter with fucking, like, spikes. Like, I gotta say, Paul's pretty durable. Uh, yeah. Because, as we know, because Paul is now in the regular Savage Dragon comic, he doesn't have the healing capabilities that the, the Image Comics dragon has. Yet he right. must be able, he's able to survive being hit with multiple, like, railroad spikes and walk away. So he's pretty durable. Yeah. Although the door appears to have taken the brunt of them. So, I suppose that's true. Yeah, Angel got nicked, I think, was the problem. But, like, yeah. the, the door has taken the brunt of these spikes. Uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal, because when Angel gets, like, hit here, it's actually really, like, you think she's dead. <laughs> it's really yeah, freaking brutal. It's shocking, dude. He's holding her, like, limp, bleeding body in his arms. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I gotta say, like, and again, the sophistication, I know we don't do page by page on these retros, but, like, the sophistication of, like, that that page before that of, like, Paul, and he's just, like, going out of his mind in the back of the cab, and, like, there's Susan all fucking giant, and, like, you know, she's just, like, kind of see-through almost. Yeah, I was she's like, transparent. She's a memory. Paul's yeah. A memory. I'm, yeah, I'm like, whoa, dude, that's just, that's wild. That's wild as shit. I think actually he hated, uh, not hated, but disliked that page enough to not use that page when he reprinted it in Savage Dragon 63. Did he really hate it? I like it. When he redrew it. I I don't know if he hated it, but he didn't redo it. I think it's more of a problem with the, the, it doesn't read well as transparency because he wasn't, you know, he was still young and he wasn't very good. It does to me. Yeah, I I think it works. Also, also her boobs are weird. They probably need to be drawn. He drew the nipples. (laughs) It's like if you look, yeah, he didn't erase them completely. You, you no, can you no, can see, see him. See that's that's upholstery. See that's not a nipple. That's that's wrinkles in upholstery. <laughs> yeah, Paul is a uh, he's right where the JJ would be. <laughs> I was looking for some visual trick, but he's not up to that yet. Um, take off to the Great White North. Ah, uh, yes. What Time foreshadowing? <laughs> yeah, what foreshadowing? Oh, this is the the billboard on the bus. On the bus, mm-hmm. yeah. That the the, the, uh, the cab driver points out before it Hoser comes Airlines. <laughs> hey guys, look at that. <laughs> um, there is one thing I wanted to mention. Um, I'm not sure what page it's on, but one of the dudes that uh, attacks Dragon in his apartment mm-hmm. has a skull on his chest. Okay, is it Taking the executioner? <laughs> Although what's, re- what's, what's really fucking weird it's though is he's got he's got darts on his wrists. Yeah, the dude with the darts, it's funny because I was like, which dart is clearly a character. Yeah, she's she poison up. dart. She shows up later. Yeah, she's poison dart, but like that dude definitely has dart darts. And he's got a little sword on his forehead. Like, Oh, he does have a sword on his forehead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like, like the sword man. Covenant of the sword, you know? No, I'm kidding. But like, yeah, that guy's kind of weird. He's got like, like you said, Jim, like almost like a Punisher skull with like weird like batons hanging off of his waist. Except for those batons, not you mentioned them. Weird. I, I just kind of like. I'm sorry. Gotta just like praise this again, just because it's like again. Here's an, like a 19 year old that is drawing backgrounds. There's minorities in these backgrounds. Like on Angel's wall, there's like children's drawings, like drawn crudely. Yeah. Like I'm just saying that, like, dude, there's like fucking people now, adults who don't put that much care and thought into their backgrounds. It's nuts. Yeah. 
I'm tripping out on it, dude. That's all. Can we talk about the page that I enjoy just as a Savage Dragon fan? It's it's almost a, a full page uh, uh, spread, but it's the one where after he gets knocked out. Oh, he's falling through his he's, memories. Yeah, and it's got all the characters, and you can see like all these guys like Super Patriot. Yeah. You can see Mako. You can see Battle Tank, who looks like an actual tank. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> Mako. And then uh, – you can kind of see Kill Cat and Dart near Mako, and mm-hmm. then you see um, uh, Zeke, who in in Paul Dragon's time was like a football player guy. So he wears this weird like helmet. Oh, I it's wondered who that, that was. He's got the helmet with the line down the middle. I was uh, like, is that like muscly open face? That's Zeke. And then you also have that that like image of Paul Dragon with like the beard and everything. It, yeah, he looks. It looks like he's just wearing like a little dragon hat or something well i think he's wearing a headband because i think he got hit i think he's yeah. got like head damage i do like it though i i love that page dude like you said like there's so much fodder for dragon fans but also too like little paul in bed is funny <laughs> him just falling through the air uh, i think mace is a great visual yeah, like, don't Mace you, it, is rather iconic. He, you know, it's kind of interesting how he basically doesn't change very much from here to the right. end series, other than the fact that there he was like an extreme vigilante who would never become an actual villain. Right. Whereas here he is a uh, way. He's definitely a villain hanging out oh, with yeah. the villains. Sold out to the bad guys. I mean, a lot of these characters didn't change much. Um. I do love the idea they Paul apparently uh, the SOS has a complex uh, like I, I and like just, I think it's just called the complex. I don't think it's an actual yeah. complex. I think it's like a it's like a military industrial slash complex. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm, I'm three of them, right? Right. And it's cool that like I like that Eric sort of throws in a way to <laughs> have the Marvel universe uh, he be. He always has, He's, but yeah, basically all of his heroes are members of this complex but i love the i love the narrative conceit that the complex and the sos do such a good job that villains <laughs> ma- like they villains concentrate around new york because they don't want to fuck yeah. with the sos that's <laughs> yeah. so funny dude because that's the big punchline of the marvel universe is why is the entire marvel universe take place in new york and it's like dude he wrote a little like explanation for that in this issue that's so funny to me um, Bronze Man is cool because we've mentioned he's an overlord type guy, but also too, he invented, he's an inventor and I love that dude. Like he made that weird bus with the like daggers and shit. Right. I, I know Eric said he's never going to bring him back, but goddamn, I think he's a cool visual. And I think the idea of like an inventor, we kind of like, we got that a little bit with Scourge, but like, you know, Scourge went down like a clown. Well, he's kind of like evil Iron Man. Yeah, man. Bronze, Bronze Man. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's a mistake not to bring him back. And I, I know Eric said he's done it to death, and I know some people might feel different because there's been so many variations of Overlord, but right. I, mean, his, I think his, it would his, be pretty his neat. His armor is quite different. It's yeah, got yeah all the, like, I agree. He's got, it's definitely more Iron Man. He's also got those freaking tanks on his back. Jet right. Jetpack of some kind, maybe. Uh, also, he's got, he's he's got, got that, that weird, weird nose. nose. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the little, like, framing around his face is interesting and could be updated in an interesting way. I mean, it was updated because ultimately he evolves into Overlord. 
Right, but I mean, if you were to bring, like, Bronze Man back for Paul, yeah. is what I'm saying. Like, if Paul's foil was to return, I think you could, Eric could do a cool twist on it. No, I like the design. I think it's neat. I think it could work. Too bad I think it's a little fucking bit of touch-ups. Great. Yeah. Too bad he just kind of falls in the regular supervillain trap of monologuing and then having the hero bust out. <laughs> making making a trap of ga- gas lasers and electricity. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, lo- I love just how insane. Him you got him tied down. Just, just start hitting him. Yeah, cut his dick off. Yeah, that would take the fight out of him. No, it's dude. pretty awesome that in issue 63... You know, when when they redid this uh, graphic fantasy, the, those same villains pretty much look spot on the same. Like, there's not much changes made. Uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, Mace and Bloop and Animal. I was going to test your knowledge. Your X-Row, he shows up to assassinate the president. Is that right? No. Well. Wow, I'm an idiot. X-Row 5 I, was. God. I just realized, I didn't realize that issue 63 was a retelling of this story. The same way the other one was a retelling of Graphic Fantasy 2. Yeah, it's complete page for page. Huh. Even gas lasers and electricity? Um, he might have changed that a little <laughs> bit. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't? It's the same? Awesome. Yep. Gas is- lasers electricity. He's not screwing around, he says. Did you guys know that Paul gets the matter Paul gets, the stronger Paul gets? Apparently. It does seem to happen twice. It's confirmed in the letters column of issue two. I can now see where the Hulk comparisons may have come from. Yeah, he's got the eyes that look up and they're like all white. Yeah. Yeah, and so... (laughs) got mad. And like you said, it happens like a few times and Eric confirms that that's one of Paul's powers in uh, the letters column of like... I know this is like breaking form here, but I just got to read his little like Paul's powers thing. What what issue? Uh, Graphic Fantasy Two. He says um, he he literally confirms Paul's power. Uh, Whereas he as for superpowers, they're pretty much demonstrated. Super strength, bulletproof skin. He can't fly or breathe fire yet, but his strength does increase with his anger. So you're not just, like, thinking, oh, that's very Hulk-like. It's like, no, dude, like, stronger. And I just wonder, I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I wonder if he's going to keep that around for modern Paul, right? Right. We've not seen it yet, but, like, I, I feel like Eric likes to stick to things like that. So <laughs> Me too, I wouldn't dude. be surprised. Like, Just to see Paul <laughs> Hulk out. <laughs> Which he clearly doesn't go dumb. He just gets he strong. He doesn't go dumb, and he also doesn't like bulk up or anything. He literally just gets this burst of strength that lets him bust out, and then he just kind of goes back to doing his normal thing. Love it, dude. <laughs> to me, it's different enough that I could accept it. Right. But then yeah. again, if, if this is a regular power of his, the worst thing you can possibly do is tie him into an elaborate death trap and let him sit there. Yeah, don't piss him off. You idiots. Aren't you his worst foe? Like, you should know, like, don't get Paul mad. Just fucking kill him. Just tickle him. Put him in the tickle machine. <laughs> like, shoot a laser in his ear when he's not fucking looking. Like, <laughs> you know, don't, 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 don't give him a big speech. I killed your wife, dude. Later. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> I killed your wife just to make you mad, and now I'm going to kill you. Bye. <laughs> like, like, that's not going to make him mad and strong. What a dickhead, bronze man. Gotta say though, uh, it's, it does start a long, uh, the long history of Dragon punching uh, gas and liquid dudes into bubbles. 
Fan, <laughs> is that not fantastic, dude? Yeah, they don't they don't hold up very well. In I love Savage it. Dragon. I love it. I also still like the splash page of Paul, like coming at you with the, like the you know the weird like not dots screen tone in darkness. He's dark, <laughs> dark <Yeah>. dragon <laughs> with his D belt. That's how you know he's serious. The D belt. That's awesome. The D belt is fantastic. Back. You know, Dude, bring the D belt back. The D stands for dragon. You gotta understand, like, listen, if anybody thinks that's a joke, if anybody thinks that I'm insincere about any of that, I am 100 fucking percent unironically appreciative of the fact utility that... Utility belt? Yes, dude. That Paul wore a utility belt? Are you kidding me? That's so what fucking is it awesome. All Batman capsules on it. <laughs> yes, because there's a funny thing is, like, Batman doesn't do that anymore. So that's a visual, like, Batman has the big squares, right? Right. Oh, I didn't even realize that, actually. Yeah, yeah. the tubes are done. Like the little tubes of things. Oh, those bastards. They got rid of his tubes. Got rid of the bat tubes. All you got is the bat squares now. Yeah. It's cowards. So Paul could totally <laughs> rock the D-bell, dude. It's awesome. It's fucking great. I got to say, I, and then I know you guys are going to laugh, but the swerve of finding Antonio Segetti, I mean Bronze Man dead, <laughs> For some reason, yeah, you, I didn't you, see it coming. Is he's been dead the whole time, or that he just had a heart attack while getting slapped around? Oh, you're right. He just had a heart attack getting slapped around. Because that's the thing. Drag, dra- Dragon here, Paul here, is like he's kind of mad with himself because he made the decision not to kill him, and then he died anyway. The jerk. Ooh, yeah. Look, and he is slapping his bare fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's had a fucking heart attack because he got backhanded. Which is a good way to get rid of him, but not make Dragon a killer. So, well, yeah, it's a good device. Yeah, it's kind of having your cake and eating it too, for sure, right? <laughs> That's why we can wear the Superman shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they actually he does that, and he has the Superman shirt in '63, but kind of covers it over with a text box. Uh. So, yeah, this is not a bad start to you know dragon yeah i think that's ultimately the takeaway here is that this is old and it's rough but it's not terrible it is in fact good i would say yeah i would say it's a strong like eight as far as like obviously the art could have been better obviously i think it's a little overwritten oh yeah oh yeah he's got word balloons on top of word balloons he get he learns the art of brevity (laughs) as time goes on Big time. Yeah, I, I like, this, I'm this, reading this. This is, this is some uh, McFarlane-esque panel <laughs> usages, text caption usages. But that being said, I think that, like, the tale told here is absolutely compelling. And yeah. we gave it a big old suck-off at the beginning of the FinCast, but, like, the art is strangely still good. And so, yeah, I agree, Jim. I think it's... Still strong as hell, dude. The wild panels, the crazy, like, action. It's got it all. The plot twists. I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the inner re- reflection, the, the the pathos. the uh, Yeah. That's always what kind of makes Dragon stand just, out is there's an emotionalness to it that sometimes certain action comics of this, uh, well, of later 90s era lacked. Which is why oh, I big time. Dragon stands out heavily during that period because it just feels more I guess I would say more mature 
Yeah, just say it. Wildcats was just like, uh, how many cool pictures can we jam in here? And Dragon Head Heart. That's it. Yeah, I, I think what how Eric used to put it was like, it was like a Marvel comic mixed with Vertigo. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, it's got the kind of some of the maturity kind of of it, but then it's got guys in spandex and kind of makes fun of it, you know? Right. So it's, you can have your cake and eat it, I guess, you know? But, uh, I, for me, you know, even though the art is a little rough, first of all, the art for, for 19 year old, you know, and for like a indie kind of do it yourself comic in 1982, you know, is pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, but just his storytelling ability and his panel layouts, I mean, some of the, the, the poses are a little rough, but the layouts and the way he can tell a story as a 19-year-old, not even not even of legal age yet, you know, that's what's kind of like, wow. You, if you saw this and you were a pro, you knew that this guy had a future. Oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, we have that experience now. Like, you'll see sometimes an artist on Twitter, and you're just like, God damn, you're a teenager? That must have been how people were feeling seeing this, like, graphic fantasy because they were just probably like, what the fuck? This kid's like 19? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not going to take anything to have this kid, like, fucking ready for the big leagues. And it didn't, right? Like you said, seven years? Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts to go from your, self for, to go from your self-published title to, like, working on super million selling issues in seven years. <laughs> Not even a decade. I do want to say, um, I think that it's worth it for people to, if you're thinking, hey, I'm maybe not going to read this text, you know, read the text. Um, I think it's like really a fantastic snapshot into like, that's how I even picked up. I had no idea Eric was 19 when this shit came out. And that's in the text over this little like superhero breakdown Basically, Eric's like, well, I'm 19, and you're 32, and now it's 25, and you know, I was just like, it's funny, because he's just, he's just talking about his life and stuff, and um, plus two, like, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, the breakdown of the heroes, dude, we joked about Evil Dart being called Poison Dart, take a look at yeah. number 10 on that list, fellas, tell me what it says. Poison Dart. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Poison Dart wow. is already in the Eric Larson lexicon from like fucking forty years ago. Huh? <laughs> I'm just saying the willpower to not go back and use that. <laughs> like he had he had an evil dart and never once called her poison dart. I mean it's a to be honest, it's a little bit of a I would say it's a little bit of a clunky name and that's why he dropped it when he reintroduced Dart. Right. Better than Sirocco? Or Bombardo? Bombardo. <laughs> Bombardo. Bombardo's Bom- a good name. Which of these uh, are your favorite? Like, never mind Dragon or Smasher, you um, know, things we know. Like, which I, of these... I've always liked the name Hurricane. I like Moon Spider. Moon, well, Moon Spider is in the is the uh, chick from uh, the Iron Hawk. And I also yeah. unironically like Hellbat. Eric's is... I think 9 to 24 is all Eric stuff. Right. Yeah, Zeke, Poison Dart, Half Man. Half Man's a good name. 
Half Man is a great name. Wait. He's the dude that's like an a- alien. Half the man. Super Patriot is known as American <laughs> Hero. That's that's a big downgrade. <laughs> big time, dude. <laughs> Believe it or not. I'm Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying American Hero is superior to Super Patriot? No, I said it's a downgrade. Oh, okay, oh, good, guess, good. Guess be, he got an upgrade. Got an upgrade. Big de- glow up. You glow up. Yes, indeed. Glow. Although I still like co- Zeke his, with his weird his, helmet. His golden age. His golden age costume <laughs> though is still choice. I really like when that shows up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same. Big same. So apparently Smasher is not like the same. It's just some guy with a kind of square no neck thing <laughs> going on. The kid, the deadly duo. And half man's like that half alien, half whatever, dude. That's kind of weird. I think um, it's worth noting the hilarious origin of Sergeant Marvel. Uh, Craig. Just in general? Yeah, no, no, just the name. Where he's like Marvel oh, Comics yeah, right. and then <laughs> he just tried to fix it real quick by making it Sergeant Marvel Comics. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> for, what For the listeners... Was? Yeah, for the listeners, Eric's pre-graphic fantasy comics that he used to draw himself, uh, he used to just call them uh, Marvel Comics or something, and a kid made fun of him for putting that on his comic books. And so he just scribbled <laughs> Sergeant in front of it and changed it to Sergeant Marvel Comics. <laughs> so who, who was your, uh, Raven, when you drew comics as a kid, who published your comics? Um, I was not smart enough to have covers. None of my comics had covers. I like, was published by Tubular Comics. Tubular? Totally tubular, dude. <laughs> That's bodacious. <laughs> I don't even know what I put on mine. You make comics as a kid, too? Yeah, I still have my mom. I had Elastic Man, and he shot, like, rubber bands. He was just, like, <gasps> basically looked like a mummy, just covered in rubber bands. Craig, you got to draw him now. he swung on giant rubber bands. You got to scan that, get that on the internet. You got to draw him now. find it at my mom's. He, he fought, the cover was him fighting a T-Rex, and there was, like, a big rubber band around the T-Rex's mouth. It was so dumb. Dude, that sounds amazing. I also, I also had Secret Agent Ant, which is before <laughs> Ant, but the, the thing is it had the long ant antennae. But the guy was a um, – he was a secret agent, so he wore like a suit, but he had a, kind of an ant head. I thought you were going to say instead of a big red butt, he just had like big red balls. <laughs> no, he wasn't all thick. <laughs> all right. He just had the, the long antennae. I guess it's time for me to tell you all the story of Super Jim. Yes, dude. <laughs> Super Jim? So Super Jim is a normal kid uh, who has five friends, Jug, mm-hmm. Boog, Coog, Zynga. <laughs> Each, each one of his friends have superpowers. Jug has a laser finger. Boog has uh, super speed. Coog has water ear. And Zynga is just super What the hell smart. is water ear? Water ear? Well, at the time it was, you could just squirt a little bit of water out of your ear. It sort, right. of, it sort of evolved into more of a water what? construct thing. But it, but it comes from the ear. Funny story about that. I was prone to Wild. I was prone to ear infections as a kid, so I always had rushing water sounds in my ear, and I think that's where it came from. That's funny <laughs> as hell, Jim. So anyway, when they combine their powers into into regular Jim, he becomes Super Jim, <laughs> with all the powers of them plus a flying skateboard. They're Dude. like the Forever People. Uh, more like I was ripping off Captain Planet combined oh. with Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I was going to say, that's some Captain Planet because shit. Because they all put their powers together and say, go, go, Super Jim. <laughs> that's fantastic, <Wow>. dude. 
That's fantastic. Eventually, they evolved into something I called the Amazing Five, where they were more traditional superheroes, where Jim became a uh, flying energy shooter called Atomic. Jug nice. Got re they all got real names. They became David. Oh, I can't remember the rest of them. David. Yeah, stick with his classic names, dude. Oh, I like Jug. <laughs> Gotta use those baby names. That, that's how you know it's for real. Zenga. Jukug and Zenga. Eventually there was also Ting Ting. He was uh he had glue powers, but he's kind of, If he's Asian, he's kind of we're in, gonna have one. No, words. he was just he's actually <laughs> actually he wasn't Asian, he was just a very small child, like really young. Mm -hmm. He's like a baby. You know that's one of the teletubbies, Ting Ting. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you're head of, you're head of the game. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, man. You don't know your Teletubbies? Nerd. No, absolutely not. Sick absolutely nerd. Absolutely not. <laughs> so anyway, whatever stupid shit you're doing now out there, kids, stay with it. It'll get hey, better. man. I, I had a, Some of I us had still do. Issue, <laughs> I had an issue of the Eagle, which was just basically like the Falcon is now. It's a guy with a jetpack with wings. But basically, I ripped off a... a We'll, we'll see Portatio X-Men comic and just stole every single pose out of it. Well, to be fair, um, I did. I drew a comic called... Uh, what was it called? It was called Ants. And I basically stole a bunch of uh, Bill Watterson drawings as a basis. Everybody, as a kid, it's not even a question. You're going you're gonna to swipe. You're learning. You're going to swipe. That makes me feel better about myself. I, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone everyone does it. Everyone, everyone did it. does. Every, everything I ever created was rip off something else. Dude, art's not created. In, I mean, art's not created in a vacuum. No. You're, you're influenced. Everyone's influenced by everyone. Like, I mean, something. Originally, I was ripping off Captain Planet, Power Rangers, and and Inspector Gadget. Eventually, I evolved into ripping off the Fantastic Four. Uh, after that, I ripped off the Saturday Morning Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Because mm -hmm. I really like the idea of a post-apocalyptic setting where someone has conquered the world and you have freedom fighters fighting back. Nice. That's from Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, uh, it is the from cartoon. The Saturday, this very specific Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, yeah. Not the other cartoon, Wild. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is more like a Tex Avery comedy show. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but they both had Urkel, right? They did both have Urkel, as <laughs> right. the Sonic is. That's what's confusing. That is the most confusing. <laughs> so, uh... I think we should probably jump into Graphic Fantasy well, 2. I think we need to mention what yeah. else is in this issue. Uh, yeah, these are... Oh, crap. Gotta, you know what? We got totally to gotta talk about Prism real quick, because Prism yeah. is interesting because Eric inked and lettered it as well, so it's got relevancy. Right. And on top of that, dude, I am sorry, but, like, I think this is kind of cool. I kind of like this. You like Prism? Yeah, I don't like this as much as obviously Dragon. Like obviously Dragon's the star of this thing. However, um man, there's some stuff to like about this. Uh for one, uh shout outs to my boy Al Harris for uh he's going in hard on the smut, the cheesecake. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All of his women are huge. Mm hmm. And he's not afraid to showcase it. Like it, and also too, shout out to coming soon graphic fantasy the movie <laughs> on a billboard. Love it, dude. Yep, um, Prism had his own single issue too. I actually was able to snag a copy. Nice. Did he? Cool. Yeah, I would yeah. like to pick it up. That as well. It, oh, this is, this is definitely gotta have a bit it. more like um, 
uh, what's the word, more uh, traditional, I suppose. The the panel layouts are not as crazy as Eric would do. Right. Uh, it's a lot more, like, very straightforward, very rigid panel structures. Except for that one page that's got the diamond in the middle, and then it's got a little <laughs> arrow to tell you which arrows. Arrows the bane of comics. Yeah, that means you failed. <laughs> I'll, be, yeah, when, I'll be honest, though, it really didn't need the arrow. It didn't. No, because I understood. Really, it, it does. It does flow in the right direction. He actually, man, right. with the dialogue balloons, it really just does go in the right direction. Right. Um, so the arrow was actually kind of unnecessary, I would say. Yeah, especially that arrow. Like, yeah. why there? Because it's right. like, where else are you going to go from that if you read the middle one? Right. Yeah, because the word balloons lead you down into the Superman tri- the Superman symbol. Maybe you might need an arrow at the on the uh, fourth panel going into the fifth. Yeah, but even then, I, I mean, know. where else are you going to go? Down? That doesn't make any sense. So I also... Uh, the uh, readers are like, what the hell are they talking about? I and the listeners. Yeah, no, yeah, dude. Yeah, read along. If you're on the page with the Superman diamond, you know exactly what the fuck we mean. But um, Amphibaman, I think, is absolutely charming. Uh, as a design, uh, when he is picking that fucking kid up and the panel's just laughter, <laughs> dude, that is, that is great. And then he just throws him. Over the horizon. That kid's oh. fucking dead. <laughs> that kid is dead, dude. He's dead. <laughs> and well, he, just, he, he basically grabs that guy and kills him because he's like crunch. He crunched his neck yeah. before he gets the kid. Yeah, but I got to say, don't you think, Jim, that he has just a bit of a one-punch man feel to him? Yo, yeah, he's here to die. No, I mean Amphibaman, like, he oh. seems he seems very much in line with, like, a One Punch Man style design. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I, um, I like Prism's design. Prism is cool. I yeah. don't like his headgear. The freaking, no? like, helmet with the nose, I don't think... It's kind of like a Centurion. Yeah, kinda. I, I, I don't care for it. I think it looks a little goofy. I hated it at first, but I like check it. it out. I fucking loved it reading this. Like, I think I remember clowning it in the past, but dude... Really? But guess what? I love it. And I love that, like, transformation sequence where his fucking arm is, like, becoming diamond. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when we had to talk about... I was like, no, we gotta talk about this a little bit. I think this is, like, a bit more sophisticated, maybe, than you would initially maybe think, you know? Yeah. I like it. I like the transformation sequence a lot. Um, here's some clear wrestling influence. Yes. Uh, where they fucking lock up and they're just having the contest of strength. Uh, well, they, <laughs> uh, I don't think Prism is a fan of socialism. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> a Marxist, eh? A Marxist, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's just an anarchist. <laughs> Amphibaman. Tear it all just down. Here to, just here to disrupt all governments. So, um, yeah, man. And then, again, another awesome transformation. Well, for one, okay, laser eyes. I wasn't fucking expecting. Well, he has that in Savage Dragon. I just have forgotten, dude. It's been so long. How dare you? I know. (laughs) I don't think about Prism. I admit it. How dare you? But when he's transforming back into a normal dude to talk to, like, Karen... That's a pretty cool sequence where he's like all far away and he's like walking closer to her and he's like de-diamonding. It's fucking awesome, dude. You don't you don't remember? <laughs> I thought the funniest part in like Savage Dragon for 
the appearance of Prism in Savage Dragon 135 and I think 136 was it was like there was all this talk about the power broker who's kind of like the next Johnny Redbeard he had the giant hands he could give people powers mm-hmm. and he kind of shows up at the end of one ep- issue and I feel like the next issue Prism just like eye beams him and kills him instantly <laughs> and it's just like what? No dude I do not remember that at all yeah, he's he gets possessed and just basically well it does starts going on a rampage. It does seem to be a thing uh cuz his origin story is here. And apparently there's another entity living in his head. Yeah, like a weird shaman. Yeah, it's kind of a convoluted origin story, I'll be honest. Yeah, not 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 strong. <laughs> Something stole his body and then he got the prison powers and he got to have his body back. And now he can switch back and forth between his body and uh, the prison body. Right, and the shaman that's in his body is just like, at first he's like, oh, you're mine. And then like he, he gets out of there and he's just, ah, I haven't heard from the guy since. It's like, well, that's convenient. Well, uh, yeah. Lucky. <laughs> Lucky bastard. Um, super sweet middle of the issue, like, pinup. Um, I just think that, like, again, like, kind of there's nice little touches again you think about like young people like you know like him fucking a big team spread yeah it's good dude it's a lot of good shit like the pose of like prism awkwardly learning to like walk for the first time in his diamond body that's kind of good body language like really selling it you know what i mean yeah yeah more sophisticated really than what it should be some Kirby crackle in there and stuff. Yeah, and even like uh, you know, just all the technology on the wall behind the chick. Again. Oh yeah, Twilight Sh- Mistress of Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bring her back, please. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Love it, dude. Um, we get an appearance of Boom Pow Tacos on the truck. Isn't that great? Like those tropes getting that early start, dude. This genie, lo- this <laughs> the pointy nose thing, yeah. so strange. <laughs> yeah. But dude, it's a thing that like you don't, you wouldn't see these days. You know what I mean? She's she's got her like mob of villains in one panel, and it's got like the guy with the giant brain, weirdo like I don't know what he is, missile man. Kind of looks like who's the who's the the Marvel guy that looks like that? He's got oh like uh, whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Prism's interesting. Prism is okay. It's decent. Prism's pretty cool. Like, I gotta say, like, the thing is, is that, like, there's a kind of corny, hokey vibe that I love, actually. Like, when he's fighting this fucking guy and he's just like, oh, shit, I can't win. And he's like, I'm out of here. And just starts running away. (laughs) Like, that's funny as fuck, dude. I'm sorry. Like, I like and it wasn't how he uses the telephone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, it's it's good. Prism, I actually like. If I give like Dragon like an eight point five, I got to give Prism like a strong like six, <laughs> just because it's got a lot of room for improvement. But like, it's kind of appealing. I kind of like it a lot. Actually, it made me reading this made me want to go back and read the prism issues of like modern dragon era. And of course, right. the main event. Yeah, this is this is what it's really all been building to. Are you ready? 
Are you ready for a, a deep dive? We're going to go page by page on this one. <laughs> Guys, I, I need to know your honest opinions. What in the fuck were you feeling and thinking as you read Domestic my, Tranquility? Unfortunately, my eyes glazed over, so I didn't really read it so much as kind of experience it. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's rough. It's, it's rough like... It's rough like... Like... There's always one of these in these like indie, yes, dude. indie like anthologies. Yeah, there's always one. Someone's yep. got to be the one, and unfortunately, there's... it's this. Yeah, two pages. Oh, oh. like it's it's like it's kind of like what you think a 19 year old's comic would look like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a, a typical 19 year old. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've drawn like this once upon a time. Well, yeah, me too. Right now. <laughs> but here, Here's the thing, guys. We talked about this a little off air, but I've definitely seen this comic redrawn in, yeah, in something that, that Eric's been involved with. I honestly can't tell you. I mean, maybe, maybe it was a... Maybe, I, maybe, maybe, I, I am... Maybe it was a... Um, you think it might have been a Twisted Funny? Well, let me ask. No. Like, no. Again, you it, said it off air. Like, You said you feel like you saw it drawn by Eric? Yes. So in like your redrawn. So in your memory, when domestic tranquility, which by the way, dear listeners, Jim and Craig swear that domestic tranquility is standing on an orange. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought she was on some weird shitty planet. <laughs> it's an orange. Like how was that rendered? Like what? Oh, all right. So listen to this. Uh-huh. I texted Eric himself, Gavin Higginbotham. The editor, Savage Dragon, and super fan Mark Welser. And Mark Welser pulled through. It's in Savage Dragon 228. Oh my god, hold and on. We have discussed it before. Hold on, we got a fucking Savage Dragon 228. Hold on, I actually may have it yes. here. Yeah. And we have actually discovered it, so F you guys for not like. No, I never didn't believe you, dude. I never didn't believe you, but like, <laughs> I got to look this up right now. I'm sorry. This is, we're never going to get another fucking moment to talk about this. So hold on one second. So was... was Jim's favorite oh, issue, yeah, by the way. A seeker issue. Yeah, it sure fucking is. Jim, that's why you don't remember. You blocked this whole issue out of your mind. Okay, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, So it's got graphic fantasy sketches in it. It's got a prism, an awesome-ass prism splash. Oh, yeah. And then... It's like oh, part two f- or something oh of this God. domestic I, tranquility. I do remember this now. Look at her on the orange. <laughs> I told you. I told you guys. Oh. Like, so for the listeners, we were reading this, and I was like, I totally have a recollection of Eric drawing this with some chick on an orange and a broom, and it was like the weirdest thing, and I couldn't remember where it was from. Incredible, dude. Is this? Wow. It's horrible. I almost want to say this is actually is it? This isn't new. This redraw. I think this is just a later. This is it just is. a later issue of Domestic Tranquility, right. dude. Like, it, it is. Like right. He redrew it like a year later himself for something. 
and he's reprinted <laughs> well, it here. Guys, domestic tranquility has a DT belt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like a continuation. It's not a redraw, but it's it's a continuation. This is the sequel. This is the sequel. Oh, yeah, holy, yeah. holy shit, dude! She's still in on an orange, floating around, carrying a broom. And I didn't understand it at all when we read when we had this on the FinCast, like where this came from Same. or what it was about. And now I understand that it was part of. Now it, it all. And makes if I would have read it, <laughs> it, this is from Graphic Fantasy Three. If you read it in two twenty eight, he's got that page. It just was never printed. Oh my god, dude. Wow. Um so yeah, absolutely. Thank you Craig. Thank you Mark Welzer for fucking pulling through. Uh Mark the superior Gavin. Um <laughs> but basically like, oh dude, you know what? Can I just say in Savage Dragon 228, take a look at Paul's fin, how good the shading sells the shape of the fin. Yeah. It's actually on the inside cover of this of Graphic Fantasy One. Wow! Oh, hold on, I gotta look. Now you're you're yeah, that's the one. That's the splash page where yeah, but the shading's not on the fin there. And look at the shading oh, right. in two twenty eight. Yeah, the shading on two twenty eight. It's even got the I'm, line I'm, in the front of the I'm fin. I'm super annoyed because I'm looking at the Savage Dragon wiki, and in the two twenty eight uh, listing, it does have the name Backup Story Domestic Tranquility. Uh-huh. But doing a search for it... It doesn't pick it up, uh, right? You know what? It would help if I spell Tranquility right. It is the first result if you spell it correctly. You dumbass. Son I guess I spelt it wrong as well. <laughs> you double dumbasses. There's two L's in Tranquility. <laughs> no, there's not. Otherwise, it's misspelled yeah. in yeah, Graphic Fantasy. two L's in Tranquility. <laughs> no, there's one. No. So that's why I couldn't find it, because it was misspelled in the wiki. Yes, that appears to be the case because there's only one L in the title in the comic. I hope someone gets fired for this. <laughs> Is there an entry for Turd Dropper? Turd Dropper. Yeah. Faithful Companion Turd Dropper. No. Probably not. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Guys, in Domestic Tranquility's original uh, two pager. Her faithful companion, Turd Dropper. I literally didn't know if that was a dog or a cat. And so <laughs> then, and so when Turd Dropper is attacking the cat, I was confused as to like who the companion was. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is like? It's like a fox. Yeah, I was like, what is Turd Dropper the cat or the dog? Like who's? I mean, both cats and dogs can drop turds. All right, we got to finish this up. Uh, and I really yeah, I, we spent I, I way wanna, too long. I want to talk yeah. real quick, just real quick about Iron Hawk. Fucking hated it, so that's my whole you contribution. Don't like it? Didn't like. <laughs> it. What what don't you like? Well, I don't want you, you you put yourself on blast, but like what what really is not working for you here? Um, what's not working for me is the writing is confusing as shit when the aliens are talking. Gotcha. So I don't think the parts with the I'll, like when everyone else is talking, it's fine. But like the aliens parts, they don't work for me. Uh, so like I don't understand what the fuck the snail and the centipede are trying to really accomplish. It's just their goals are confusing. Gotcha. Uh, I agree. Everyone else's writing is fine. Um, actually, like the art a lot 
but I just think that like it's heavy Eric inks. Well, that's the thing. Eric inked this again, so I think certain panels look better. Uh, oh well, I mean, there's great. The thing is, is there's great things in this. Like when he's flying away, like in a big loop. That's pretty awesome. The loop panel's um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the loop panel's great. Um, don't love the Snake Man's design. Feel he's pretty weak. Um, don't love really the just the flow of the story is weird. Yep. Like it doesn't end with any kind of a big punch. Like you said, every every comic's got to have a, like a weak link. Like thank God for Domestic Trility, uh, Tranquility. Otherwise, for me, it would be this iron hawk yeah. i i yeah it's pretty damn amateur yeah it's rough dude it's fucking bad i mean it's amateur but it's not the worst amateur it could be i mean no domestic not. tranquility is but, <laughs> but this is rough i wonder what it would look like before eric inked it you know i can imagine it was well like, you can take a look at the back page take a look at the back page coming well, next issue go. yeah is it, do you think that's what it looked like before he like yeah put a absolutely because it? because if that was the case holy shit that okay that is amateurish eric is doing yeah, definitely all the heavy lifting dude damn and so, yeah see al harris drew the top even one, al harris is, is a lot rougher if that's the case oh d- eric, a lot eric rougher. is like really doing the heavy lifting on all of these if that if these are accurate to what the actual artists well, they're, were, capable, were capable of at the time there's a reason why he's inking all the their stories, right? Because even though he's 19 and they're like, what? Hold on here, he's third. They're even though he's 19 and they're 32 and 25. Like clearly, one of these guys has been training to be an artist all his life. Not like the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just the the sad story. I mean, it's just some people just aren't talented. You know, <laughs> want to draw or write. You know, so no, I'm I'm not trying to be you know harsh or anything. They're just not. They don't have the talent. I mean, but they're probably avid comic collectors and want to make a comic. Some you know? girls got it and some girls don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I don't mean to be a shitty bastard about it. Like, to me, hey, look, dude, you know, it is what it is. Eric is just a fucking prodigy. Is clearly, like, what the fuck we saw here. And like you said, Craig, the other guys had passion. They just wanted to see a comic made and thank god they fucking did dude they brought eric larson into the fucking world so we owe him a fucking i think his mom did that but well (laughs) they brought eric larson into the comic world um no but i'll shut up what did you like about it jim like what did you love dude like i I, I don't i don't love any of it but right i think there's some there's an interesting concept here at least in like i really like the armor designs the costume designs yeah me too I think there's there's hope there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a it's almost like a it's hard to tell what the influences are because I almost feel like there's a Hawkman, Hawk Girl sort of thing in here. Okay. But it's also got like an old like um, like Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers sort of like sci-fi thing going on too. There's some strict as you said. There's a lot of confusion about like motivations of the of the aliens and the robots and the other aliens. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to tell why these people were picked for this, because what it sounded like is they were being like set up to fail. Yeah, they needed them to die in the spacesuit, but to what end? Uh, to I guess to uh, make one of the alien races look bad, or make, <laughs> just or give wild excuse as shit. to invade Earth, something like that. Dig a goddamn corpse out of the Earth; it's full of them, and stuff it in his spacesuit. You maniacs! 
Like, what the fuck? They're going to such trouble to have a dead body in a suit to make someone look bad. Earth's full of dead bodies. And they got to call in some assassins who aren't very good at their jobs. No. Yeah, it's a little overly convoluted, but I do kind of like the suits. (laughs) And the, and the ray guns and the robots are actually kind of the Doctor Doom-esque robots are kind of neat also like those Doom bots I do actually yeah. uh, and I shat on the Snake Man but I am going to say that there is a weird uh, D&D type feel about him oh, absolutely they're axe wielding Snake <laughs> yeah he's fighting people with guns and he's just sticking to that axe yeah, and it's like those blasts with that axe is actually pretty impressive <laughs> so I kind of I don't like it's not pure hate, dude. I mean I like what I like about it. Craig, we not heard much from you, dude. Lay it on us. Uh, I just didn't enjoy it. I, I, to be honest, I skimmed through a lot of it. I just wasn't interested, honestly. It's too much to read, and I just uh, I skimmed the art. Like you, like you guys mentioned, there's some good panels, but a lot of it is very amateur. And um, I just I will say, yeah, there's a lot of. In general, there's a lot of unnecessary dialogue in a lot of these comics in here. Big time, I think dude. It's just uh, comes down to like uh, these guys are still new at this. Honest to God, the coolest part about reading uh, Ironhawk was that when I flipped to the back uh, pinup, I had wondered who the fuck the snail character was. Right. Yeah. Or the Doombot. Now you and know. Now I know, dude. I do like how the aliens, like the centipede alien, looks really cool. He looks very the cool, actually. Centipede. Yeah, I do like how they're not just humanoid type characters. Like the zipatone on the centipede in the one panel where he's sort of like there's perspective on him. That's actually yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah, it is. But overall, so. horrible. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't notice this. Apparently. Um, um Domestic tranquility is doing the dishes in that panel. Isn't that nice? <laughs> but and again, before you, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. I'd have been like, eh, who's doing the dishes while everyone. No, it's domestic tranquility, dude. Um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this. I actually, like, we're, you know, being shitty. We're ending on. I don't want to end on a sour note with this. Um, I'm thankful that this exists. I think it's wild. It seems, for all intents and purposes, like a comic shop, King Arthur's bookshop. Just had a bunch of dudes that just wanted to help make a comic, and there you go. So, graphic. Well, it's definitely. Sorry, no, no, you go ahead. You got something else to say. I was just gonna say it's just awesome to have a reproduction of this based on you know the prices that these comics, the originals, go right. for. So that was the whole point. I never thought we would get that, you know. So it was kind of quite a surprise that he was reprinting it, seeing that he's had it in the back of Savage Dragon before mm-hmm. printed, but. To actually have it standalone with the other comics in it and be able to read those, um, just neat. Totally agree. So Graphic Fantasy number two, apparently there was a change at some point. Instead of being an anthology, each issue of Graphic Fantasy was going to focus on a single character. And in this Correct. case, Dragon got the second issue, and then there was never a third, uh, as far as I know. Um, there was, was a third, but there was very little, or Eric wasn't in it. I think he drew the cover and that was it. And it, was that a prison? Well, that that's prison? what's in. Is that what turned into prison number one? No. Uh, well, actually, you might be right on that, but some of Graphic Fantasy 3 is what's printed, reprinted in that, uh, uh, issue that we were just talking about. Um, what issue did I say that was? One, the one with the part two of domestic. Right, right, right. I, I, I thought that was unused stuff. 
Yeah, well, because three was never printed, right. but he, there was that uh, prism kind of splash in the domestic tranquility, and then I think you are right. I think the prism stuff might have gone on to become prism number one. Yeah, because that would have yeah that probably would have been in graphic fantasy number three, and then of course Iron Hawk would have gotten four, and that never happened. Uh, what could have been? I, I think most. I think Eric was just doing most of the heavy lifting, and that's kind of yeah. why it just clearly because fizzled because he wound up you know drawing the other. He probably intended to draw the uh, first uh, domestic tranquility pages as well. It's kind of interesting that he didn't, uh, since he did do it for the next. Right. Right. <laughs> so we we reviewed this very recently. We talked about this specific story because it got colored back in uh, in the Paul issue of uh, Savage Dragon, uh, Savage Dragon. Uh, Two twenty six, I think. Nice. Or no, not twenty six. Uh, fifty one. Yeah, fifty one makes sense. Um, let me just read real quick for the listeners, if you guys don't mind. This is from Savage Dragon Archives number two. Okay. Mm-hmm. He did a couple quick paragraphs about issue two. But basically he says, in 82, Al Harris, Kevin Keyes, myself, printed up the 72-page first issue of Graphic Fantasy. Uh, In the process of putting together that first effort, it became clear that the three of us worked at different speeds and that it would be ridiculous for us to expect every issue of the series to be as lengthy as our first issue. We decided that the three of us would take turns, each getting his shot at writing and drawing the book, and that whoever got their act together first would get to have the book all to themselves. Needless to say, I got my act together first. Kevin and Al would get their turns, but the second issue of Graphic Fantasy featured the second adventure of the dragon. It would be the last dragon solo story for the next ten years. Shortly after its publication, I turned, quote, pro. This story and the previous dragon yarn in the first issue led me, led to me getting hired by Gary Carlson to work on Megaton. So, right. there you nice. go. The Megaton issue is uh, Dragon Fights Vanguard, and among other things. Yep. Nice, dude. Good pickup. Um. So, what else? What else? What's yeah, there's no, Oh, there's I, not too. Sorry, what? Yeah, I was just gonna say there's not too much. Like you said, you know, we, I, we've gone over these. I will say this: this is the first time I've read this issue, and I really understood something. Because here's here's the thing: it's really stupid, but I had a really hard time for a long time telling that Marcy and Sue weren't the same person. Yeah, yeah. It was very confusing to me, because I didn't have a lot of context for these stories, and every time I saw these, Dragon would be talking about his dead wife, but then Marcy would also be there. And it was just, something about it just didn't make sense to me, uh, mm-hmm. that, especially in black and white, when they look identical. It's, I was gonna... Yeah. I was gonna say, they look a little different. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, Marcy got big eyes. Just see Blonde Woman. I like the cover to this issue with the with the, possessed. the deep blacks. It's a pretty striking cover. And the, the, the graphic fantasy title with the blood and stuff. I mean, it sticks out. Yeah. And the possessed. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good cover for kind of a indie low-budget comic. Yeah, it's funny. It still stands out on the shelf even today. <laughs> like, I'll walk by and be like, oh, shit, what's that? Oh, yeah. Graphic Fantasy 2. <laughs> of, of the two covers, this one definitely is the most uh, standout-ish one, I would say, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, it's got that interesting, like, radio color thing, too. Kind of makes it look like a bullseye. Mm-hmm. I wonder how hard that was to do. Um, the way coloring used to be done. Think about poor Eric getting his act together before everyone else all the time. Well, that's what it's, Eric does. Yeah, I was going to say, it's gone on to be his legacy. Just, I do it, <laughs> just do it myself. <laughs> carrying the carrying the weight, carrying the book. Image 10th anniversary, image zero. <laughs> I think this issue, you, you actually seeing even Eric's skills getting better. Like the possessor in the beginning, that villain, he he's neat looking. Yeah. Like his face and everything looks cool. Um, even Dragon, that like, uh, I don't know what page it is for the listeners, but there's a page where like the panel, right after he kind of, it's a little awkward. The panel where he's got his like the possessor in a leg lock around, around his neck. Okay. Yes, yeah, I see it. Yep. Below that, the one with oh, is, is you know, the bottom left face? cover. Yeah, and it enraged him. That's a cool panel for back. You know, was Dragon always as hairy, or is just Paul really hairy? Dragon's just a hairy bastard, dude. Yeah, and probably not as hairy as he's kind of shown as you know Paul, but. You got a little kill cat, cat and dart action in some of the twos. That was confusing as well because it was this, uh, in the previous issue it was clear that uh, the deadly duo uh, were kill cat and the kid. Here it's kind of implied yeah. it's kill cat and dart. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I like how how uh, Rock has got like more of like the the Ben Grimm face <laughs> yeah. without like teeth or anything. Rough looking. <laughs> But he, he doesn't look as much as different from his later version as I uh, thought he did. I actually thought he looks a lot different. What he doesn't have is like those dot eyes that he eventually gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a yeah. Go ahead. As I say, there's one panel here I, I again enjoy. Is the one where like the whole team is watching the, video, the, uh, the film. film and you. you yeah, and there's Zeke without his helmet and Dart and uh, what's the name of the the um, the guy that recently appeared that Paul Dragon went to visit? Oh, um, he's a bi- bionic man. Yeah, bionic. yeah, something like that. He's there. Rock that some Dormammu looking guy like a flame head. Yep. Right. There's half of half of half man. It's kind of a rip because you're getting to see the alien half of half man, but not the man. Looks like he has two mouths. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. His chin's got chin. Who's the woman on the end? Yeah. In the, the the afro. Do we know who she is? Uh, no, but it's um. He did an interview with us where he tells us, oh, yeah. like he literally one, yeah, he literally he told us who every one of those characters were. So yeah. right, right. So listeners, look it up. Yeah, it's whatever episode we covered. Uh, the uh, backup colored version of this. Two two fifty. It was 250. So, yeah. Anyway, not that important, but no, it's not. fun. Oh, Eep. boy. I'm just looking at Mako in his uh, Namor trunks. Dude, it's so great. <laughs> I love that, Na- like, just the fucking, the whole, the comedy of him saying, it's me, Mako. It's like, dude, would you ever need to say that, you giant it's shark me. man? <laughs> In case he thought it was, like, someone else. The the um the panel with Jennifer is dead and a skeleton is pretty gruesome. <laughs> pretty brutal, yeah. 
Goddamn bronze man. We got some Reggie the Veggie. I mean, I'm just like, God, dude, it's crazy. Wait, Reggie the Veggie, that is <laughs> where? Uh, it is on Angel's shirt uh, oh. when they're at the diner. Same page as a Boom Pal Tacos. Yes, I see it now. Jim, you had brought this up on the um, on issue when we covered issue 250 for the colored version, but I like how when Star is calling uh, Paul Dragon, calling Paul up in that background photo, yes. he's got like old school Dragon when he was like still human with a mask yep. on. So they, Flash Mercury. Yeah, and so it really counts. It's not like Eric just kind of yeah, it, changed as it. As I understand you know? it, it was an evolution. Apparently he was bonded with, uh, uh, with, um, oh shoot, not, not Robinson, the other one. Uh, William Johnson? Johnson. He was, William he was Johnson. bonded with Johnson, yeah. and then at some point they got separated, and that's why Dragon looks the way he does now. Right. Right, which is kind of like what Eric revisited around issue 50. It's also funny because... Uh, when he had Fonte separate him. I know you pointed it out uh, in the previous one, Craig, but look again. There's Paul when he's yawning. There's the line drawn once again on the fin. I know it sounds yeah, funny, yeah. but I feel like that line... Hel- like would, that pie wedge. Yeah, I feel like that would help people. Like, comprehend the fin. For the listeners out there, we have us ongoing debate discussion about what the fin looks like because you know with paul dragon in, in the regular series now and he looks sideways it looks almost like a flat small fin or i don't know we've beaten this to death but yes. that's what we're talking about yeah i feel like craig you ended that with your clay model turnaround i was like oh yeah you got it that's it well eric didn't say no so that was good <laughs> he said that's basically it yeah so the main th- so yeah like like the other issue, this issue was also repurposed to do a modern retelling of this particular story. Uh, many characters were changed uh, to fit the modern aesthetic. Uh, but one big change in this is that at the end of this story, uh, his girlfriend stays with him. But in, yeah. in the uh, in the revised one, she leaves him. Right. Yeah, in 65, Marcy is peace yeah. out. We don't see her around anymore. Uh, she, Bye. She, she can't handle all this drama. Dare she stay by this man? No, not in modern continuity. <laughs> Who would? So graphic fantasy was one dollar for number two. What, Someone what asked a earlier. deal. Damn, dude. <laughs> dollar, man, I can't afford that in nineteen eighty two. That's almost like I don't know what a dollar buys in nineteen eighty two. That's a it's a hundred penny whistles. More than what comics were going for, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's also true. They probably were like 50 cents still. 75 cents, maybe. I think when I first started, they were like 75 or close to it. They were already a buck 25 when I was a kid. Yeah, I was going to say, when I started, well, it was like a buck or something. When I started really collecting, but I have some earlier issues from like going to the supermarket and stuff and just buying. Before I was like buying every buying monthly i was just getting random ones but i think they were like 75 cents draw the line at 299 they they managed that for a couple years Uh, i'm good everything's four dollars (laughs) now you know i know that that seems crazy but like again if you buy like eric's candy bar thing is a fucking perfect thing it's like if you buy soda or candy it's it's like a fucking bottle of coke now 
So yeah, yeah, sure, dude. I had to buy a tea maker and start drinking sweet tea. I was like, I just spent ten dollars on three bottles of pop. No, fucking can't do that shit. <laughs> you know, nah. But yeah, people. I just it's inflation is all. <laughs> it's like yeah, four dollars is like ooh. I could get a whole video game for that much, and you can. Twix. What this bullshit? Yeah, I don't know. Um, hey, dudes, what a fantastic couple of facsimile issues. And again, we'll never be going back further than this unless Let's something go back in time to his house. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, exactly. Go back in time and steal before they catch fire. That's it, dude. Time heist. Mistakes. Well, there wouldn't be any causality because he thought it was lost all these years. You see, it's the perfect crime. Perfect time crime. <laughs> what I, you know, that's always a funny story. Well, funny story. It's a tragic story. But uh, I always, when he always said he lost it in his house fire, I always thought he just had a house fire. I didn't realize it was part of like a massive like um, brush fire that swept through his area. Oh, is that pretty, right? I, I guess I'm I didn't realize sure that. It was a, it was a, uh, it was like a big, like big brush fire, uh, forest fire dealy that took out a whole bunch of houses. You know, that had to be pretty devastating for him. For as much as he loves comics and, he, and probably the art he had well, and he stuff lost like so that, much like original art uh, from even guys like Kirby. Which is probably the great, oh. the, one of the greater tragedies is all that art being lost, all that like you know historically important stuff. I thought that happened like when he was like really young. That happened when he was a Kirby collector. This happened. This that happened, happened when he was drawing Spider Man. God damn! That's this. why there's not many. There's not much original art from the, this. Uh, these reproductions the, here, I'm pretty Spider-Man sure, are reproduced series. from cop, uh, scans of the comics, not original art, because this is all lost. Wow. Well, I think the prism stuff he said he got from Al Harris yeah. to re anything that was with somebody else. I'm sure he would still have, but yeah. Damn, dude, I didn't realize it. I really didn't realize it. That's crazy. Yeah, shit. it's hard to find like some of that like classic Spider-Man because it was all lost. Yeah, man, that's wild as a motherfucker. I just had no idea. That's all. I just had no idea. So it well, wraps yeah. this up. Uh, essentially, I mean, it is fascinating to take a look back at this stuff um, just to see where things began and where they could go. Because I love Paul conceptually, mm-hmm. and I really would like to see Eric like tell more stories in the old universe. But um, it's right. kind of yeah. it's become apparent that he's forgotten a lot about it uh, with stuff because he's he's always trying to like jog his own memory about like what the deal was with some of this stuff with Paul right so it's it's it's, it's as much as I would like him to do that I don't think it's very practical for him because he would just basically be making stuff up fresh so it wouldn't really be like revisiting anything um and he went on record as saying that basically like you can't consider Paul to be verbatim this guy yeah he's not I think enough. he's yeah, he said the time exactly. You you hit the nail right on that. He said he would have had to yeah. have been like he'd be like seventy or sixty or something. So yeah, the the megaton issues feature Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So right. I personally would have completely accepted the fact that he is older and from the eighties uh, and doesn't look 
that much older because he's a freaking green alien. Who knows what the fuck he's supposed to look like? But right. I would I would have preferred a real time Paul to a a slightly altered, you know, same age as Dragon would be Paul. But that's just me. I think commercially that would have failed like hell. Like if just this old fucking like small fin bastard showed up, people would have been like, ugh. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have to look old. I... He's an alien. Oh, well, yeah, That's you're right. <laughs> you're right. Never mind. What the fuck am I talking about? You literally just said I'm that. Just I'm saying an idiot. He should have been from the Reagan administration. <laughs> He's always lecturing Malcolm on Reaganomics. Exactly. Now, Malcolm, I you just get this. that wealth. You'll help everyone eventually. <laughs> yes, B- B- Boomer Paul. Yes, that's what that's what we need. <laughs> no one would want that. <laughs> you would want I wasn't prepared to like Paul as much as I, did. I do. So Me either. I really He's do like so the character. so stupid. He's just like Dragon, except he's got a dopier fin, and everybody wants to accept him except Malcolm. And that's what I love, is that he's like an imposter that everyone just kind of accepts because their lives are crazy, except for Malcolm. (laughs) The fin has totally grown on me, dude. I I dig it. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, man. I like it a lot. Keep that fin, and I'm hoping he gets his uh, rage power shows up. Rage power. I'm angry! His eyes just go white. He just, like, fucking knocks the shit out of someone. Up. <laughs> yes, dude. I really am. The timing on this is awesome. I, I hope that more little things trickle out of the Paul universe. Like, you know, Eric left the door open when, like, he was like, Paul was like, oh, you know, Mako, did you, did you find me? Like, this Paul, modern Paul, thinks that it's possible. Yeah, he's obsessed that, with it. He's looking for survivors or at least people with memories that remember him. I think ultimately that's going to be his, his ultimate downfall is that he's going to be a he, he, true loneliness is going to hit this man. He's boning Alex. No, It'll my, work no out. amount of boning Alex is going to save him from the existential dread of being the last survivor of your universe. No, no one cares. I mean, think, dude, like Malcolm and them, they're the last survivors of their universe. They don't give a shit. Think, they never look I, in the I mirror and say, it helps what am I doing? It's dramatically different for Paul. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, the, I think it's really around. cool. I mean, he's going to get that metal arm. We've got new covers with more metal arms, so. Yeah. I think fan, I will say that I think fan reaction overall has been positive to Paul. Yeah. It's certainly like, an interesting twist to the whole bringing Dragon back argument. Um, I think that's the most interesting part is that we get to have our cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. which uh, doesn't always happen. Right. Cause, what are you thinking when you say that? Well, what I'm saying is the problem with bringing Dragon back again mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. he'd be bringing Dragon back again. Right. At least bringing Dragon back as Paul is dramatically different. Right. It's not retreading again the resurrection of the man. Right. Got it, got it, got it. He even looks different. He looks, he looks different, and his powers are different, and his role is different, and so you, you, you actually have a way to get past the problem of Dragon being too charismatic for his own own good, so Malcolm doesn't get overshadowed. Malcolm is still the main character. Paul is a supporting character. If you bring Dragon Dragon back, uh, you have a serious problem every single time. Totally agree. Uh, every time Dragon's in an issue, like every time Dragon was in an issue, he he literally stole the show. Yeah, and even so he, even when he was had no powers, he, he just did it most of the time. He had, to, right. he had to take his powers away and put him in prison 
just to justify him not being around. Right. Uh, I'm glad he's dead. Funny. Fuck him. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad he's dead too. I I wish he had stayed dead that time. Dark Lord blew him up. I I was absolutely kind of pissed when he got brought back that last time. It's good though, dude. It's in it's in a good place. I think Paul is a fantastic addition. I love this. Uh, kind of helps people get more acclimated to the idea of Paul and. Yeah, I don't know. It's good things. I think I, I hope Paul doesn't get like um, daredeviled or Captain Tootsie. You know, sometimes I, I don't think you go that far because those characters can tend to fade into the background, like Daredevil in particular. Right. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Is like I hope like Paul doesn't. Paul's such an awesome character. I hope Paul doesn't just like sort of eventually just become background noise. Like, let's keep Paul around. Hopefully. All right, man. Looks like he'll be around for a while. You guys, based fe- on the covers. You guys feeling good? I'm feeling good in the hood. Yeah. Galabunga. I think it's time to wrap this up. So, right, as always, guys. if you got any comments, suggestions, or questions, you can find us on uh, SavageFinCast.com. Uh, we post our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, um, Anchor FM, and Spotify. You can, of course, find us on YouTube at SavageFinCast. Uh, our channel Savage Fincast. And of course you can drop us an email at savagefincast at gmail.com. So Thank uh, you so much, listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank hope to hope you hear from Thanks. us again. Wait, that's not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> hope you hear from us again. <laughs> Do you know something I don't? <laughs> but you may not.